Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. For more Nerdy Show podcasts, community forums, and learn how you can support this and other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Flame On. My name is Adam, the Talking Bearskin Rug. I'm here with Brian. Hello. And Oral. Hi, everybody. And we have a very special guest for you today. Those of you who listen to NPR. I do. Oh, I do, too. We know you bitches do. (laughs) You may know our guest from the smash hit game show pub trivia night music celebrity amazingness that is npr's ask me another we're interviewing today the one and only ophira eisenberg how are you doing ophira good thank you so much i love that uh with smash hit i was so excited i was like it is a smash hit yeah a radio (laughs) smash well we uh we turned it on one day and i think it might have been the first time it was um that it was on here in Orlando and yeah. it, we were coming out of breakfast and like we, we went in and wait, wait was finishing up or halfway through and we come back out and it's about 1230 on a Saturday and we're just kind of like, all right, cool. Let's get in the car. we got some errands to run. And we're like, okay, this is weird. This isn't what normally is on. And then Brian's like, the guy singing sounds like Jonathan Colton. And we just keep listening. And it was the replay of um, episode one of season two <laughs> with uh, Dr. Ruth. And we just were like, what is this show? And we were oh, hooked from yeah. there. Just done. <laughs> it's uh, it's funny you mentioned that. I was just listening. That's a that's an old episode. That's like the from our pilot season. We weren't because we uh, in the very beginning, we taped 12 episodes just at the bell house which is uh if, you know if people know it's a sort of music venue cool bar in brooklyn that we tape it in we always say the bell house but it's not a theater it's it's a music venue bar and 
So we did them there, just these, these episodes having no idea. We didn't air them. They just were there. And then we slowly started airing them. So Dr. Ruth was the final one of that bank. And I think the only one I would consider at this point listenable. <laughs> <laughs> But I was just listening. There was a full interview with Dr. Ruth that was 17 minutes that she said a few things. And I said a couple things that we were not able to air that uh, we decided that we're going to release a little later this December as a little vintage Ask Me Another treat. Oh, awesome. That's the one thing I love about um, the way you guys release your podcast is that, I mean, it's for those people that don't realize, and we were just at the uh, Comic-Con, the New York Comic-Con Super Week edition. Well, I say just at, that was, what, about almost two months ago at this point? Just keep throwing salt in the wound. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> Orla's so upset that he didn't get to go because you had uh, Neil Gaiman as your special guest, which was awesome. And um, it's it's not just a you yes. know, 45, 50-minute episode. It's a two-hour taping. And then you guys have to whittle that down and kind of the producers go in and, and pick and choose and, you know, some things like that episode with the Sofia Vergara, you know, Art Chung piece. Yeah, I can understand why that yeah. didn't make the cut. <laughs> yeah, but. it's sort of, I mean, right, because there's all these elements of live taping. I do some stand up at the top. Jonathan Colt plays a song off the top. Uh, we definitely screw around in between questions then things happen that are not always uh they're fun in the live but they can't be translated <laughs> to the radio and sometimes we just save them as podcast extras if they're worthy no and that's awesome and that's uh, you know every so often you guys will release an extended interview you'll release um a song or a game or you guys just did a video extra recently um and and that's that's what's awesome about your show is that you have all this extra stuff that you can put out. That well, it, you know what? And let me ask you this: so because we're putting an, a long interview out too with uh, John Cameron Mitchell, we had this really long, great. He's an amazing interview, uh, but he, I I thought this was very interesting. You learn very quickly what language is okay on radio and what is not. And surprising to me, because uh, he used the. the he said, well, you know, for uh, growing up, I was always a theater fag, and that was flagged as not cool. Wow. Oh. I mean, I guess I can understand, but... I, I have a question. So your first time on the radio, <laughs> did you, like, wake up in a cold sweat? Please don't let the FCC take me out like a SWAT team. <laughs> like, because I've I've done a little radio um, locally, and it's just like, this is it. This is it. They're just going to come in and they're going to like audit you or just black bag you and drag you to a, a room where you're never seen again. Where Carl Castle is like sitting there looking at you in shame and <laughs> wagging his finger at you. That's right. Yeah. I, uh, w yeah. When I first started working at the job, I all of a sudden felt uh, super edgy. <laughs> I was like, wow, I had no idea I was edgy until I started this job. Uh, and then, you know, it's 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 sort of evened out. We try to push the envelope a little bit here and there. But in some markets, because every radio station has the option to carry your show or not carry the show. And in a few markets, we replaced the rerun of Prairie Home Companion. Oh, no. Wow. So you can only imagine how angry 
those people were. That's like <laughs> here in Orlando, Snap Judgment replaced Splendid Table. And I can just imagine yes. all the older women oh. sitting there ready for uh, – What's her name? Joan Lynn Casper or whatever. And and all they hear Lynn is Rosetto Casper. Well, I can't give it. And, and all they hear is that that awesome beat that starts, you know, snap judge. I mean, I just I wish I had had cameras in all their living rooms or driveways. Oh yeah. Oh no, there was uh I there was some angry there was some some strongly worded emails I'm told that were withheld from me so I didn't have to deal with it. <laughs> so I got a question. So where did the idea for this game come from? Was it something that you brought in and pitched or somebody pitched to you? Like what was the genesis of the whole uh, thing that's become Ask Me Another? Actually, it went on. I was the very last element added, actually. Uh, this pitch was started with Eric Newsom, who's now the head of programming at NPR, and John Chinesky, who's one of our frequent puzzle gurus, mm -hmm. uh, and, and someone else who – will soon send me a strongly worded email for forgetting their name. Uh, but but uh, another puzzle writer, and they had, because uh, Eric Newsom had seen some live um, shows that some of these shows, as you know, like Wait, Wait is obviously live. Uh, this American Life has done some live shows. And he just kept seeing these live shows and how fun they were and thought, wow, it'd be fun to do another uh, quiz show, but maybe something a little bit different. Anyways, they started devising those test groups and, and market research, and then they uh, brought Colton in at some point because they thought music would be an interesting element. I mean, it went on and on and on. They had a few other hosts in some pilots episodes, and then they started auditions again. And uh, I think... They always, there's some revisionist history because I think they like to say, which is super flattering. They're like, you know, we looked all around and we couldn't find the right person. And then Ophira walked in and we were like, that's the right person. But I think what they're really saying is we looked at everyone, <laughs> but we would never think to call that chicken. <laughs> and finally, when there was nobody left. Did they think of you because of the stand-up you've been doing, because of your work on The Moth? I mean, what what brought them, what brought you to their attention, do you think? Yeah, they knew me from The Moth, um, obviously another public radio show. And, you know, we, we don't occupy the same space, but we, uh, in the radio land, but we do both, have, you know, they they were looking in New York. Some of the venues are the same. So there was, there was my name, my name came up. And, uh, yeah, I remember just walking into that audition. And I met Jonathan Colton, and we talked for like five minutes in the waiting room, whatever, just a couple chairs that were set up at NPR. And I was like, yeah, I have a feeling this might work. <laughs> I was just like, I like this guy. He's fun. So uh, speaking of Colton, we have to mention, since it is today, uh, we're recording on Monday, December 1st, which for oh, many John, Jonathan Colton fans is, okay. as they know, his birthday. So, of course, we have to put that out That's there. That's right. Happy birthday, Jonathan Colton. <laughs> <laughs> so, from the original core idea of uh, you and Jonathan Colton, how much has the show evolved and in what ways have you found sort of where you are now? It has evolved a ton. But, I was, yeah, I was just thinking that it's it's still new show. I mean, relatively, we've been at it. Um, I guess three years, if you don't count the pilot season, but you might, but three years of first year was 25 episodes and these last, this last two years have been 30. Uh, and in some ways we're like, this is episode 100. And part of us is going, wow, we should be better at this by now. <laughs> and, 
another part of us goes like, wow, we've evolved a lot because in the beginning, you know, we had two puzzle gurus on stage and me and Jonathan Colton. Wow. Uh, but then people were, they were confused. You know, one thing you forget about or have to acknowledge in radio is that too many voices confuses people. So that you have to differentiate. Uh, it has to be really clear because you don't want to make the whole thing just acknowledging like art, interesting response. Thank you, John. Well, <laughs> and then, and we also have two contestants, yeah. right? So there's like so many voices. So we really had to pare it down. And then the type of games we learned what worked better. Uh, we learned that we used to have one player games where we just ask one person, but we had an episode that was, uh, that we taped the day after the Super Bowl when everyone in the audience was pretty hungover. <laughs> and so were our contestants. And we had a guy up there who was playing a one player game. And because there was really no clock running, he just stretched that out for like 25 minutes in his alcohol soaked brain. And we're like, oh yeah, we need two people every game from now on. <laughs> So, but awesome. it's always changing. We're like always trying to figure out what's wrong, adding different elements. Uh, you know, the puzzle guru role, which uh, I'm sure it, it's just the way that it had to become a little, we wanted to make them an expert more. And also, you know, we're just trying to figure out what games work, what uh, pacing of the show, we need more variation, just constantly experimenting and trying things. Actually, sometimes we come to a show and it's like, all right, Ophira, we're going to get you to like do this and this and this. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> I, can't stick, I can't take seven new things today. Let's just do one. So, but you know, the, we always are trying to figure it out and listen to our listener feedback. Oh, good. Well, that's good. And that I think that gives some of the energy the show has that some of the other more established shows, not that they don't have their own type of energy, but it makes your content a little more fresh and uh, exciting because it is sort of growing and changing and developing over week to week to week. Yeah, and it will, it sounds very – that's why I said that I listened to that Dr. Ruth episode and I was like, wow, this is the only one from that beginning that is listenable uh, but I can't wait to be one of those more established shows and just phone it in. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> well, that's that's kind of the big difference where, um, you know, you've got a show like Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, which is weekly. It's the the news of that week. It's 15 years in the, you know, in the making um, or not in the making, but 15 years running. And they've yeah. got these things down pat and, you know, between Sagal and Castle they they you know run a, a very smooth a smooth line and then you listen to uh, i'm gonna do two examples one your show because you guys are still new you're getting your footing you're finding out what works um so it's and it's not necessarily current events it's random pub trivia so which is it's great because it's having down here in orlando it's, 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 they're juxtaposed on uh on saturdays you have wait wait and then you have you know ask me another so you get all that kind of fun, quirky, you know, game show in two hours. Um, but then at the same time, you listen. It's a desolate dre- desert. <laughs> just, listen, just Marketplace but- Weekend is a lot of fun, okay? Oh, Lord. I love Marketplace Weekend. It always tells me what I did wrong financially with my life. <laughs> oh, you were an English major at a liberal arts college? Oh, that's great. Here's your $2.50 and a half-eaten English muffin behind, from behind a Howard Johnson. Like, I just... 
Again, Oral's having flashbacks and midlife crisis at midlife. I'm 28. only 26. Mm-hmm. <laughs> quarter life, quarter life. Well, you know, we'll see how long he lives. <laughs> oh, oh, I was thinking that, but I wasn't. <laughs> oh, anywho, uh, but the other point I was going to make was it's um, you when you have comparisons like wait, wait for the 50 years. And then you have uh, Bill Curtis, who took over for Carl Castle. I listen to it, and now I I download podcasts, and I've gotten to the point where I don't even listen to music anymore. Like, I listen to old episodes of Wait, Wait. I listen to old episodes of Ask Me Another. I've picked up new podcasts and do all this stuff. Um, but I feel like Bill Curtis, for being on an established show, is having trouble kind of finding his groove in an established show because now he's got to... He can't just be, you know, Carl Castle redo. He needs to be, you know, his own, his own person. But, you know, so it's definitely, it's been great to hear. And I've listened to pretty much every episode that has been out on iTunes. iTunes is a little funny sometimes with, um, with what they, how far they go back. But I've listened to most of like your first, you know, batch of 25 shows. And ever since, you know, the middle of probably the season two, according to iTunes. I've, yeah. you know, subscribed and every week I get them. And, you know, when we go on trips, I make Brian listen. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Brian. <laughs> I'm the one who told him about your show. So, I mean. <laughs> we were both in the car and heard it at the same time. It's not like you found this miraculous new new thing. Mm-hmm. We both discovered it at the same time, Ophira. Um, <laughs> I, I have a question. Um, When you do your, your work with the moth, do you approach it as like uh like an extension of your stand up or do you see it as something completely different yeah i try to see it different so i i like to say it's it's like working a different muscle in the same group mm-hmm. uh because i think if you i think stand up asks something very different from you from storytelling and i think the main difference is uh vulnerability to make uh, in storytelling, it's actually a great way to connect with your audience is you actually want to put your vulnerability out on stage. You want to talk about something that you had to deal with, something that was important to you at, at the, what the stakes were to you in that moment or that you had to risk. And in stand up, you might want to talk about something, but you are actually never going to show your vulnerability to an audience. That is not how stand up works. You're going to be like above it and beyond it. Uh, in a very different way. And of course, a storytelling crowd loves to laugh, but they the rhythm shouldn't... St- I, I feel like they're really repelled by the rhythm of stand-up. Uh, they want to hear this sort of narrative. It's just it's just a different rhythm to it. Uh, they, you know, funny stories are great, but I even... I get a little uneasy when I see some of uh, my stand-up friends make the transition and they think that they can just sort of package in uh, some jokes into a story and you can but you have to tell them differently because I just I feel like uh, otherwise it sounds really inauthentic and in storytelling it's like you just you smell that inauthenticity uh, immediately but in stand-up it's okay to be inauthentic it's sort of part of the ride you're just you're there to make people laugh especially when you tell uh, when you're telling drinking jokes to a group of lesbians who have uh, who are in AA <laughs> And have found God and have uh, repented all of their uh, their vices in life. That was not my finest hour of stand up. 
the, re- <laughs> the reason I bring that up is uh, partially because to lead into a question that Brian wants to ask you about. Um, but I will we'll backtrack a little bit now. So a lot of people more recently have come to know you because of either the moth or ask me another. But if they don't know where you've come from, you do have a fantastic book called Screw Everyone, Sleeping My Way to Monogamy, which is available through all of your fine book establishments, including yes. audiobook, where you personally will read the book to everybody out there. Yes, Morgan Freeman was not available. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... When we were we were kind of getting ready for uh, for the interview, and Brian had brought up one of the roles that you had done on television, and it instantly brought me right back to that that um, that story in your book, where you had you had gotten booked last minute for a lesbian gig. Yeah, I did. So when I lived in Toronto, uh, they taped Queer as Folk there, and I got a role on an episode. So that was just the thing, and uh, based on the audience that they gained from the message boards. And there were so many of these people that loved the show and were on the message boards, they would divide it up by region. So the Northeast people were all meeting that year in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And they had a stand-up book booked. I think it was actually Suzanne Westenhofer, but I'm not positive. But it was huge act, and she canceled last minute. So they're scrolling the internet, trying to figure out someone who's local and available. And they see that I have played a role on Queer as Folk. That is it. And they call me. And I'm just trying to explain to them, like, you know, I'm happy to do the gig. I wouldn't mind giving it a shot. But I'm not gay. I don't speak to those. Like, I'm I'm certainly not Suzanne Westenhofer. I mean, she's incredible. I, I am who I am. And I just happen to play a role on the show. Like, what do you, you know, I was like, I'm gay-ish, but, you know, like, I'm not exactly what you're looking for. And they're like, whatever, it's fine. <laughs> and, you know, I I was in the state of mind, and I'm not necessarily not in that state of mind anymore, where you, you say yes to every gig you can get. It's important. This is what you do. So I said yes, not only fans of the L word, and they were promised a huge name lesbian act that canceled last minute. I walked in, but they are in recovery. And everything I said fell flat. There was one woman that was trying to cheer me on, but it's that thing where her enthusiasm was so over the top, it was false and that it just felt worse it's like having you know walking down the street crying looking horrible after a workout in the rain and someone going hey beautiful and you're like okay it's enough enough." (laughs) so that role that you played i actually found out this today i didn't realize and we watched queer as folk years ago when it was aired yeah I traced you down to episode 13 of season one and the (laughs) only thing i got was your character's name was zoe Yes. And that was the episode where the lesbian couple broke up because one of them admitted to cheating on each other. But when I watched it quickly on YouTube, very, very like haphazardly like you do, I didn't see you. So were, you were in the episode. It, were you the character that the – I think it was Melanie uh, like kind of had a thing with or were you somebody else? Who were you? So yes, you watched it haphazardly but you did not see it? I couldn't catch you. I, either you looked – and this was 10 years ago, so you might have looked – different enough that I just didn't pick up who you were, but yeah, who, I, who was your character? What did you, what did you play in the show? Okay. So I had two scenes 
I was, I think Zoe is right, but I, I think they, they were doing a take because uh, I believe my partner's name, my uh, girlfriend's name in the episode was Franny because I think it was a take on Franny and Zoe. Uh, <laughs> and it was our baby shower and I had short hair. And That's uh, okay. they and there was like some flirtation in the uh, at our baby shower that led to the cheating. Got it. And then they came and saw us in the hospital where we had a fake baby. <laughs> and then they had a scene in the just outside of the room, I think, where they broke up. Okay, so that makes sense, and and that's why the short hair is probably why I didn't recognize you. Um, well, and I, I got better with age. Uh, what can I say? Well, I mean, you look great now. So, I mean, at, back then, you know, it was, it was a, you know, more of a Toronto thing, I guess. But no, um, that it show was a was, Toronto thing. I, I don't know. <laughs> they have they, they have unique short hairstyles, I guess. It's just a thing. <laughs> well, no, I mean, you look at the hair back in the mid '90s or late mid to late '90s, or early 2000s. What was that? Early 2000s. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I guess it was 2000. Yeah, yeah. It all blurred to me at this point. Uh, hair was crazy. Um, no, yeah, no, it was late 90s. Yeah, and it was no, it was terrible. Yeah. Not only that, but I will tell you, based on hair, when I moved to New York, um, I had I did have sort of the severe haircut going on, and a manager that was trying to help me out with some. I was like, do you know some tips, like how how I can get into the comedy club, blah blah. blah. And she was like, here's one thing I'm going to recommend. You should grow out that Canadian hair. <laughs> you don't have to wear it under a hat anymore. The extreme cold that we know. Oh. Alanis Morris that grew out of that hair. So can you. <laughs> we, yeah, we all had our Canadian hair moment. <laughs> so real quick. Okay. So I know I'm jumping around timeline wise so much, but. There are things that I felt like let's get let's get some of the other big important things out of the way, and then we'll then we'll we'll breach you know these topics. So one of the aside from sex, one of the the big themes that I I found in your book was Prince. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and I love Prince. Purple Rain is oh. probably one of my favorite soundtracks of all time, if not my favorite soundtrack of all time. And the first, of course. <laughs> the first story that just sticks in my mind from your book is being finger banged to the beautiful ones. That when that story, when I heard that, I was like, 
this woman is my idol right now. Like, this is just amazing. <laughs> That's part of your your book. <laughs> oh, gosh. I miss the 80s. <laughs> I don't know where we but- go from that, but, you know. <laughs> I just wanted to. I felt that that it was it needed to be brought up because most of our our listeners are gay men. So I'm sure a oh. story about I, there's there's got to be a girl out there somewhere that listens to us. This too, well, they're this, my friends. <laughs> we were talking about something very important, Prince. Prince and finger banging. Um, finger bang. I'm gonna see how many times I can say that on this podcast. <laughs> Luckily, we don't have the constraints of the FCC and the radio waves, and Perfect. we can wholeheartedly talk about finger banging and sex at all times without, you know, we just have an explicit tag on our podcast. Oh, we still use that? I just thought bitches knew. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So the theme of Prince, that all well, you know, that that one story aside. Um, when I was, you know, obviously listening to you read your book to me, it was like we spent plenty of quality time over the course <laughs> of a week together. Um, I, I, I love the fact that Prince and not even just Prince, but in all of those adventures, music at, you know, was a highlight for certain stories. Yes. Which uh, is, which is awesome because it just, it solidifies and it kind of, it brings your, your reader or your listener into that story with you. Um, but the entire book in general was just awesome. What, what was the inspiration for you to write the book? Um, you know, it's sort of, it was a couple things going at the same time. I, I wanted, I know I wanted to write a book, but I was also working on a whole bunch of these stories and I was putting them up on stage. I was telling them on stage at the moth, or at different storytelling nights, because there's there's lots of storytelling nights in New York, and sometimes I was writing them and reading them at st- at at readings, just a whole mixture of stuff. And I knew that I wanted to put it together. I didn't know how, but luckily at a show, uh, I got approached by an agent. It actually happened a few times, and then I found the right person, and we kind of worked on what the shape of the book would be together. So I had all these stories and I actually had more. My initial idea for a book was something I wanted to call points for trying. It was like <laughs> lessons about failure. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, okay, you don't really have to do that. You can be a little bit more positive. It's not like everything you've done is you failed at. And I was like, yes, it is. <laughs> so we figured out something else. And I actually was, you know, to, she was like, let's focus on relationships because not for nothing, you are a woman, you have a lot of relationship stories and that sells well in the market. And I was very, uh, I was so resistant to that because I was like, I don't want to be another female memoirist writing about sex and relationships. And I was convinced to from a certain point of view, just, just, she was like, don't worry about it. It's your story. It's your voice, you know, and a little bit like, a lot of stories in the world have been told before. You just have to tell it your way and it will be fine. So I went with that instead of reinventing the wheel to something. I don't even know what it would be. But so I, in the end, I was very happy that someone persuaded me in that direction. No, it's awesome because it, it has a lot of that. But in for and I'm, I'm going to use I'm going to use the dirty word here for a second for being a comedian. Oh, how <laughs> dare you? How? 
dare you, sir? See, uh, I'm, I'm just trying to throw little tidbits in there to show you that I actually did listen to the whole book. <laughs> <laughs> for for being a stand-up, for being, uh, you know, for, for being that kind of, that personality, there are some really, like, gripping emotional pieces to the book. Um, the, you know, the whole relationship with, and I want to make sure I, I, I get this right, um, Mike? The long distance Australia for yeah. a year. Sure. Uh, like between that one and then your. Oh, yeah. That's a doozy. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> as it was like, you know, because most of these, these relationships or, or these experiences span a chapter. And this, this one took, you know, a good chunk of, a good chunk of the book. And it was just, it was so extremely gripping that when everything like kind of came to a head in the end of that relationship, I was just like so emotionally involved for something that happened years upon years ago to not me. <laughs> you know, I, and, uh, um, that's that's a huge compliment. I'm extraordinarily flattered. Um, and that story, you know, uh, it's it is a that one was really hard to write, and I did try part of it on stage. I guess we can't give it away to your listeners because it's just almost too much to talk about. So there you go, listeners. That's your little. Uh, incentive nugget to check it out but I would even try it on stage and I'd be so worried about trying it on stage because I knew that it would go either way either people would get it and be on my side or they would despise me yeah and you know I feel I feel like that's sometimes that too is another risk you got to take you just got to go well if I sat there and thought about everything I said or wrote from the point of view of someone not liking it, you know, you would never do anything. <laughs> <laughs> True. Cause there's a lot in that book that you go, wow, well you got some balls for, for putting it out there. And <laughs> Thanks. It, it was pretty awesome. And the other, the other uh, part of the book that I want to bring up, and it's actually funny because before, before reading or listening to the book, when we went to the, um, the taping at the 90 second Y yeah. when you do your, your standup at the beginning, you have this joke about your husband. Yeah. Which do you want to, would you mind telling it uh, for our listeners Is out it, there? Uh, it, do you mean the, I have a few jokes about him being a comic book nerd. Well, the comic book nerd into, uh, into his browser history. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the uh, the joke is, is uh, I'll sort of paraphrase it, uh, but basically it's about wondering, catching him, I think, looking at porn and wondering what it could be. And I don't know. Uh, and so I, you know, think about what would be okay with me. And the only thing that I could think of what would be okay with me, him looking at would be pictures of girls that look like me. <laughs> but that's uh, clearly not the case. And I make some jokes about like, he's not buying, you know, Jewy brunettes with upper thigh issues, got <laughs> wild or downloading the porn bangs, which is my <laughs> favorite idea of all time uh, for porn. Um, I, it, but yeah, anyways, and I sit there and think about it uh, and I decide that I'm going to pull up his browser history and just find out. And it's, it's a, big thing to do and what I find out when I pull up his browser history is that he is looking at a site called MuggleCast <laughs> which depending on when I tell this joke either the whole audience goes oh my god MuggleCast or they look at me and go what's MuggleCast 
And then I explained that MuggleCast is a uh, website for Harry Potter enthusiasts where they can download and listen to a podcast uh, about uh, where people talk about all the ins and outs of Harry Potter and how um, uh, that was terrifying to find, to understand that I am married to the biggest nerd of all time. (laughs) He's a good-looking nerd. But he's a big nerd, and how everything I've been doing in the bedroom to spice things up is wrong, because I need clearly a Hogwarts scarf and a robe, and I gotta learn Quidditch. You know, a couple of Quidditch moves would be good. Uh, when I climax, I should go Expialis or some something. I I always get that wrong just a little bit, just to show that I don't know. <laughs> uh, so so you are. Your husband, um, and, and you, the anytime that I've heard you know, reference to him, and like I said at the uh, at the the recording or even in the book, um, I kind of knew I was getting to the end of the book when you were describing him, you know, because it's you don't really as as the book progresses, you don't really kind of say obviously because you don't want to you know lead where the story is going before it, it unfolds, um, but as you start describing this kind of nerdy guy, I'm like. Okay, I know I'm getting towards the end of the book here. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know what's going to happen at the end of the book because it is called Sleeping My Way to Monogamy. So you're like, I get it at the end that she gets some guy. Um, but uh, yeah, I, it's right. You, you hear the nerdy one. You're like, oh, I get it. She found the nice guy. But the way <laughs> was, that he proposed to you, out. The, the way he proposed to you, can I just say, <laughs> I was floored. Absolutely floored and almost, I think I almost shed a tear while listening to, cause you know, I'm, I'm doing stuff around my house and I'm just kind of listening. You know, I've been playing through the sound bar, you know, in the living room and it's, it's nice and loud so I can hear it wherever I am in the house. And it got to that part and I just kind of stopped and was like, that's probably one of the sweetest things that's not like in a television show that I've ever heard in my life. It was, uh, it was pretty wild. Uh, should I just say what it is? Is that, uh, good? Fine. I think that one that that's one little piece that you know it so the the whole setup of it is that when you guys move in together in this tiny apartment in New York <laughs> yeah he has a box that he will not let you go anywhere near won't touch and he tells you that that's his box that's you know that's for him only and then you finally got so annoyed after a trip gone alright we'll leave all that out cuz that's the fun stuff to listen to in the book yeah. And, and when you finally got back, you uh, you decided that that box was not off limits anymore. Yeah, well, yeah, and it was sort of kind of weirdly presented to me um, in, in this, like, we, right after this, uh, sort of an unlikely time. And I was like, all right, let's find out what's in this box. Uh, but also it was part of this large thing. So, you know, we're hanging out and having dinner and Jonathan was folding a piece of paper in, like, origami into the shape of a crane, which I always, you know, I always have to pause when I mention that because people go, what? <laughs> uh, but he is into the Japanese art of paper folding. That's just one of the things that Jonathan likes to do. Uh, so it wasn't incredibly out of the usual, uh, but he presents, he, while he is folding it, he gets this very presentational voice on, like he's talking to a crowd. And he's like, you know, there's all these stories in Japanese folklore. And I'm like, who the fuck is he talking to? <laughs> Whatever. 
He's like, there's all these stories in Japanese folklore about a thousand cranes. Like, if you give someone a thousand cranes, it will bring them health. Or if you give someone a thousand cranes, it will bring them happiness and good luck. But the one I like the best is if you give the person you love a thousand cranes, your love will last forever. And then he finishes folding that crane and hands it to me and says, this is number 1,000. And I'm like, wow, amazing. But uh, your count's off because uh, this is number one. <laughs> I enjoyed the little story. All right. Uh, and then and then, I guess people can imagine what happens next. Oh, that's it's uh, it still is one of those that I just kind of you almost think that it's not real like that it, it had to have been scripted. But that's just such an awesome, awesome story. Thank you. Yeah, we've uh, you know, I I still have all the cranes, obviously, uh, but you can figure it. Hopefully listeners will be uh, intrigued to hear how it all came together. Uh, but, you know, I've got some crazy photos. That no one ever believes because basically after reading after that story they they read it and they always go that's not real right <laughs> and so I have had to take photos as proof like all of a sudden I'm in I'm in you know I have to offer evidence to all my fans <laughs> <laughs> oh I love it well okay so so the book is uh, screw everybody sleeping my way to monogamy available through all of your fine local bookstores or online retailers, including Audible, which is where I listen to it. Um, but one great thing that I saw, and I don't know how recent this information is, but when I went to your website, um, there's a, a Tumblr account attached to it and all this stuff, but I saw it was optioned. Yes, that is true, and it is active. Um, Jerry Zucker, uh, whose name you might know from... Uh, he's produced a lot of movies, but he back in the day he directed Ghost, and you know he—I well, mean, Airplane—I think was one of his first major projects. Uh, but he has produced the best best friends weddings uh, movies uh, and all all kinds of stuff that is out there. Um, so they have optioned my book. It is currently, I, I am not writing the screenplay, but we hired a screenwriter together while I was involved in the thing, which was hilarious. And she is currently writing the screenplay with the hopes that uh, it will all happen in the next year or so. Wow. That's amazing. Crazy. Totally insane. Well, if that, if, you know, I'm not going to say even say if, when that all happens, we're yes. definitely buying our tickets and uh, and going to see it because I'm I'm very interested to see how it translates to the screen and I super know. excited. Me too. Awesome, Oral. Do you have anything for Miss Ophira before we wrap this party up? Okay, so say there is a person who also has a name that begins with O. And who may <laughs> want to get into comedy. Yes. What do you say to that young, aspiring person who has been up on stage and eaten brick sandwiches, but really wants yeah. to do it again? What is the, the one tip that you can give them to persevere? Well, um, yeah. So far, you, you haven't said anything that makes you any different than some of the greatest comics out there. 
So you may be eating eating some sticking up the room as we like to say or eating some uh, bricks for for a while or could but you just i mean that is the trick you have to be somewhat delusional and believe that it's going to get better and just keep getting up there because that is the you can't rehearse from it. it it doesn't matter how many times you make your friends laugh it is just totally different uh, and the only thing that sets you apart from every other person that goes, I would really like to do that, is doing it. So you actually just have to get up there and do it again and again and again. And then you'll be fine. <laughs> well, we uh, also plan on putting a dress and some makeup on them and possibly a wig. So that, that may help a little I mean, bit. Yeah, if you like to drink, I think that's a bonus. No. <laughs> Um, but you know, there's, there's different ways to like deal with the other side of it, but you just, uh, like you, you need some positive people around you that go, you're great. And you just have to go forth. I believe in you. Thank you. That's awesome. Okay, sweet. I'm good. <laughs> so, ne- so next open mic night, you're going to be up there? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brian, anything I else from you? It's no, I really, I really appreciate it. open mic nights too because you're playing to often other comics, so it's like not even a real situation, right? <laughs> well, that's true. All right, so yeah. the next uh, general uh, – we, we have a local bar called the Geek Easy. And, yeah. Uh, Oral Merriman at work nearby. <laughs> Or adjacent to the Geek Easy. Like right outside the doors <laughs> in the comic book store part of it. So he has no excuse not to. Uh, I have no excuse. Get up on stage every chance. Um, Ophira, thank you so much. I, I mean, oh, we had you. such a pleasure meeting you after uh, the taping up uh, for Geek Week. Or, uh, not Geek Week. Super Week. Super Week. <laughs> I kept yeah. calling it Geek Week. It's kind of, kind of. I, I like that you dozen. had to think. You're like, no, 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 the other one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you were, you were so gracious. And I mean, I, I'm so happy that the show exists and that we get to tune in each week. And even if it's a best of, we still listen unless, you know, we're, unless we're burning through cereal, which happened this weekend. (laughs) But no, I I really appreciate you taking the time. And, uh, I'm hoping that next time we come back up to New York, we can check out another recording at the bell house. Cause I actually was very excited about going to the bell house and then. It was at the 92nd Street Y. So now, I, and I saw pictures of the Bell House. I'm like, man, that place looks awesome. I want, I want to go to yeah. there. So, yeah, uh, yeah, 92nd Y is like it, it's like very refined for us because the Bell House is a little, you know, it's it's like a it's a bar. It's got a great feel, but it's like public radio. Sometimes public, especially from out of town, people are like, hey, we're going to a public radio show, and then they're at the Bell House, and they're like, what is this? <laughs> Well, like, to... that's right. Get yourself some whiskey and a plastic glass, take a seat in a folding chair, and prepare <laughs> for a night of trivia. <laughs> it's like to steal a line from La, La Lagunitas. You guys put the pub back in public radio. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Oh, it was great. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Well, I think that about covers it. Um, well... So again, and you know, I'm, I'm going to try to, I'll do the shameless plugs, at least for the book for you. So your book Thank is you. Screw Everyone, Sleeping My Way to Monogamy. Uh, yes. Where else can our dear listeners find you on the interwebs? Okay, so there's the website, which is my full name, dot com, which is, uh, God, so many letters. <laughs> uh, but, you know, what, OphiraEisenberg.com. Uh, my Twitter is Ophira E. 
because there's this other Ophira that got anyways, I don't want to get into it. Uh, on Facebook, I'm I'm Ophira for the most part or Ophira Iceberg. There's a fan page, blah blah blah. Uh, on Instagram, I'm like kind of getting into Instagram a little bit. I'm also Ophira E. I have not ventured into Pinterest and do not contact me on LinkedIn. <laughs> I hate getting those those requests cuz I, I said it one years upon years ago and it just never seems to go away. I can't. Every time I get one, I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like, I actually want to call people up and be like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> well, well, awesome. We'll put, uh, we'll put some links up to, uh, to help the yes, listening audience make sure that they don't also... go to the wrong Ophira or, you know, add extra letters in. <laughs> yeah, do it however you want. Just with a three, put a three in there. <laughs> Well, Ophira, thank you so much. Uh, It's been a pleasure getting to chat with you. And the next time that we are up in the New York area, we'll have to uh, we'll have to make sure that we we catch you either at the taping or even just for some whiskey in a plastic cup somewhere. That sounds amazing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. You have a great rest of your night and uh, we will chat soon. Okay, talk to you soon. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to Flame On, a podcast made possible by Powder Milk Biscuits, the ones in the blue box, a comic shop, and the generous support of tops and bottoms like you. If you want to be one of our sugar daddies, you can help out by telling a cute single friend about us, reviewing us on iTunes, or putting some dollars down our digital G-string in our monthly support drive. For more ridiculously entertaining and socially enlightening episodes of Flame On, as well as other fine programs, head on over to nerdyshow.com. You can subscribe to Flame On and all Nerdy Show Network podcasts via iTunes. And be sure to find us on Twitter at FlameOnPodcast or Facebook on our FlameOn fan page. And make sure to check out FlameOnShow.com for more nerdy queer in your ear. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.